Hey everybody, so today we have the first of three conversations that we're going to be having um, that really look at people who are working in helping people grow, helping people change, helping people heal from the bottom up. So taking body-centric approaches. So we're going to be talking to three amazing women and today we're talking to the first of those amazing women who is Adeb. So here we go. Welcome, welcome to Just Between Us, intimate conversations about things that matter. I'm Briar. I'm Dana. We hope you join us for this wild ride. Being looking forward to this one. So we have with us tonight Adab, Adab Bader. And, you know, I was thinking about this and we were talking about this before we started and um, it's very hard to put what for me what she does and how she yeah. works into words because it's it's and that's really what we're exploring tonight in in many ways so yeah. I think it might be better if you just try for us what do you do <laughs> that's a very good question I had actually Dina it, back in Egypt she was lying on the massage table and she's like okay so listen we have to get this right what is it that you do <laughs> like we need yeah. to brainstorm this because it is quite um it's more of a facilitation a learning experience of the body. So basically, it's body work, and it's a, in the form of a massage session. But what comes with it is a holistic approach of what is happening in your whole system, what is happening in your livelihood. So how do you feel? Mm. How does that in, how does that feel in your body? How does that mm. feel in your mind? What is it? What is the emotion that's accompanied to it? What is your history? What do you do in your life? And it's like bringing in together this beautiful puzzle of your life and seeing how you can integrate it so that it is a connected um you know like state it's there's a unity between them there's just this disconnection that's happening and so in the session we try to bring in together all of these different knots so that there isn't a disconnection mm. that could be in a form of a massage it could then be also in the format of this conscious movement classes or workshops that are done which are also this beautiful way of just sitting together in a group setting and coming you know to explore the body in such a gentle curious way we lack this part the curiosity and so it facilitates mm -hmm. that state of curiosity somehow now putting it into one thing I'm not sure I can really yeah. <laughs> explain it but yeah so I can give you an example because I went to see you so um and I went to see you for numerous things but I'm one was digestion and mm -hmm. i've struggled with constipation uh for <laughs> since like i can remember since i was like 10 on and off and you know mm -hmm. i've been to i've done everything you could think of mold cleanse yeast cleanse candida cleanse done all the stuff and yes okay i'd go to the toilet and it would be you know you'd feel like there's some system but i would always go back yeah always go back and then i got into german new medicine which looks at the emotional and uh, the emotional, how can I say, root of it, which, yes, I actively work on, but it's hard. Yeah. But no one actually went into actually working on my abdomen and areas around my abdomen to really release yeah. so much stuff yeah. that I actually saw a lot of good shit come out <laughs> in, in a good way, you know? Yeah. But but I don't think you go to a doctor or you go to a functional doctor, they'll give you supplements, they'll put you on diets, mm -hmm. but no one will actually physically work on you. And I think that's also, and then even as you were working, you were like, oh, interesting. 
what's your relationship? I even forgot what you asked me. What's your relationship with anger? Or what's your, you asked me so many different questions and I'm quite, I work a lot on myself, but putting the connection to different emotions and also for me to be aware, but then also doing that release. And it's funny when you did the release, a lot of emotions started coming up. Exactly. I was getting really irritable. Yes. I was getting really angry. I wanted to slap people. And I knew it was because of some energy being released. Exactly. So because I remember you telling me when that energy gets released, see what's coming up for you. Like if you're feeling like that kind of energy, then you maybe need to punch a pillow. Maybe you need to do something intense. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling like, which I felt once a few days after that, I remember I was, I was, I felt very, uh, I got into a very weird conversation with someone. So I felt very like that fight or flight. Mm -hmm. My stomach felt like, oh my God, oh my God, uh, I'm going to be abandoned, rejected. Like my wow, mind created yeah, these yeah. stories. And it was funny after at night, I, the, the, the issue ended. Remember yes, I told I you the issue that. ended and I was like, but why am I feeling nervous? I kept like going into my body. I'm like, and this is very new for me, like going into the body and I'm connecting. I'm used to, you tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. you Give me an answer. So I'm like, oh my God, I, I already worked through this. Like the situation is handled. Like, why am I still feeling like a bear is going to come and eat me? And I'm like, okay, what do you need me to do? I actually just told my wife, what do you need me to do? I'm lying down and I couldn't sleep. I just started rocking myself. Hmm. It was yeah. very cool. weird. I was, and I was thinking, my husband's probably thinking something. I'm like, fuck him, you know? <laughs> and I was just rocking myself. And I'm telling you, five minutes later, it just started releasing, releasing, releasing. I'm like, whoa, this is good. And then I kept doing it again. Within 10, 15, I was in bed. Yeah. I was like, this is, but it is so hard. My mind kept telling me, go, go on Instagram, go do something, go fight with someone. It just didn't want to stay in the body. Yeah. It just really didn't. I wanted to blame everyone and until I was just like, fuck it. It's like 2 a.m. Like, halas. Like, I can't. I surrendered. I literally just had to because I had no other choice. Yeah. But I find that so hard. It's And I feel I'm reaching this point in my life where it's I have to go back to myself. But it is hard, man. It yeah. is hard. No, I get that. And this is what we were talking about before we started tonight. Yeah. You know, like, and I'd be really interested to see what you're seeing. If you're seeing more people making I suppose, endeavors to shift into a more embodied exploration. Because as yeah. a talk therapist, you know, what I see is a lot of people stuck in their heads and just this lack of embodied awareness yeah. and a disconnection to their natural selves, their natural movements, their natural world. Everything's, yeah. we've gotten literally too clever for our own good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I'm, I'm really interested to what you're seeing, what, like, is there a, do you think, is there a shift in consciousness? Mm. Are people waking mm. up more to, are they craving this more? Like, what are, you, what are you noticing? I mean, like Dana was saying, you know, when she started really getting into this journey of self-discovery mm. and she was able to then integrate the body's expression as an idea, not even mm -hmm. a, a full practice. It's just the possibility that the body can also have an expression or would have a cue to give you and it's consistently giving you this cue. We're just really super disconnected from it. And we're also conditioned. And this is the most important thing, that we're really, really conditioned not to follow our body. Mm. Super. And there we would find a resistance when you need to break that loop and go back to your body. It's so not used to it. Yes, there is an innate feeling to that. But we're not used to it because we're very much used to the conditioning of 
Yeah. Use your head. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Reflect on it in the thinking head. Mm-hmm. And coming back to anyone else telling you what you need to do from a verbal, mental expression. So don't do this. Or, you know, someone would just completely, you know, undermine um, your physical symptoms or how you're feeling or your intuition. Mm-hmm. And they would just say, you know, like, yeah, that's nothing. My gut feeling says, yeah, what is your gut feeling saying? You know, this is this is useless. This is ridiculous. Forget about it. Just do what I'm telling you. You know, there is no basis to this. But now mm-hmm. you come and look at, you know, this this idea of somatic work that we're now seeing a lot mm-hmm. of, which is what you did, you know, started lulling your mm-hmm. system and you started really working, allowing your nervous system to give you that cue of, you know, I need a little bit of this lulling, this soothing mechanism for myself. Like I know the situation has ended, but it's still stuck somewhere in my system and it needs a release of movement. A lot of people would come in and say, you know, and, and this was an example that we were talking about before we start. And it was about, it was about this client who had this idea that she understood herself because she was thinking about what it is to be powerful, what it is to be a giving person. And she completely forgot the emotional scales that she would go in, you know, mm-hmm. feeling like uh, hopeless or or she's giving because she wants something back and it's not coming in or mm-hmm. or that feeling of uh, unworthiness and I need to really find my acceptance outside of myself. So I keep on doing, 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 giving, 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 and then I get very resentful, but I don't know what resentful feels like inside of my system. I know what to say about it. I can narrate very well about that situation how dare you after all I have done to you this is what you do to me you don't take care of me after I've given you all of this you've done this to me and the idea is this speech is actually within yourself saying the same thing your body is telling you you have not taken care of me and you're just giving all of your energy outside of you and now you lacked it you lack that energy and what you're doing is to hope to receive back that within yourself and it's never going to happen. Yeah, it's what I'm thinking of is like unconditional love. Exactly. I'm loving my body conditionally. Exactly. So therefore, I'm going to experience the world that way. I'm going to give you love and do this all with the intention you have to give me this. Exactly. And so that's what's the give and within, take. Yeah. So without. Exactly. Yeah. And that, you know, when I had my session with you what I came away with a lot but one thing that really stuck to me and if I had to put words around what I feel you're doing is like you're in there helping to heal that mind body split Mm -hmm. that Cartesian split right Mm -hmm. where mind was associated with the masculine body with the feminine and then you know we have this kind of split that one is superior rational intelligent powerful and the other one is chaotic to be ignored, you know, and doesn't, is not the possessor of the language, you right. know, and that's indicative of the larger system. So, you know, what I see you do, like when, is you're teaching people really to get over that split. Is that something that you're it consciously is. doing or? Is it it just, is definitely. Yeah. It's, it's saying, you know, it's saying that first off, the healing process is going to happen through your day to day shifts in your awareness and there is no longer that narrative that will be serving you to just dictate to yourself 
that story that you can keep on eating up in your head, but you're not feeding anything, you're not nourishing anything in your system. And so if I am consistently resentful and I'm consistently in that state of anger and I'm not expressing it in the right way that my body needs, meaning that I would have some sort of creative outlet, some outlet, some movement, some expression, mm -hmm. some acknowledgement, mm -hmm. digging deeper as to why, where is this coming from? How does that make me feel in my body? What is the sensation that's coming with it? Am I grinding my teeth? Am I creating a fist? Am I starting to feel like I'm really hot? And then what do I do with that? I just sit with it. Mm. And Oof. I stay seated silently in a chair, just eating up in my own emotional feelings. Yeah. And then I come in and I'm shocked that I have an autoimmune situation or that my digestive system is no longer functioning in the way that it could, or I am having insomnia. And mm -hmm. I just go about doing all the tests in the world. And then something comes up like autoimmune and I go like, ah, yeah, that's why. But it wasn't because your body malfunctions because it's not designed in the best way possible. It's because you are not listening to the science that it's trying to say. You're not connecting to it in that way and you're really, really suppressing it. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's actually crazy is that, and, and you will really find Gabor Mati speaking about this in his book, you know, the myth of the myth mm -hmm. of Norma. Mm -hmm. He speaks about how kids with asthma who are born with asthma and who have ADD and ADHD, and there is a possibility that it was actually the mother's situation during pregnancy time. And she was anxious. She was suppressing, she was going through something and it affected that child coming out. And of course, that person's own expression and what mm. their conditioning is and how they mm. you know, understood the world and how they got their belief system. And then you keep on living and you, and you hear about you know, those different health situations and you start taking these medications and really the answer is very simple. It's extremely complex to come into the realization, like we're saying, you know, to come into the place and say, oh, I, I'm feeling this in my body. This is going to take work. It's going to take a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And then I say, okay, hi, body. This is what you're feeling. I'm not rejecting you. I'm not trying to stop it. I'm not trying to, you know, shift it in the way I think in my head. I'm asking you, how can I honor you now? What is your expression? And my first expression is that I want to sway and lull and just, you know, stroke my leg, for example. Or I feel like I'm so hopped up that I want to like run right now. I want to say something. I want to shout. I want, I want to maybe sing, mm. you know, maybe dance it off. I want to cook. I want to, you know, when people are going through their different survival situations, instinct, and we're in fight and flight and the body wants to really regulate the body back, you know, come back, uh, activate the, the parasympathetic nervous system. It's trying to give you cues and you'll find people wanting to organize. They would go like really obsessive in the way that they begin to organize things, for example. Or they're suddenly just sitting and watching TV for eternity and they're always watching TV and escaping into that place or picking a fight with someone. And if I stop and I watch this expression and say, okay, mm. so this is an indication to a mode that I have actually gone into right now. And this is an autopilot. 
I can step out of it. I do have the mechanism to step out of it. And it could be, it really could be as simple as taking in a deep breath in and a full breath out and seeing my surrounding and noting my surrounding, knowing what's real for me right now. And then from that space, from that pause, from that integration, I have a choice to make. I can say, okay, I'm going to go running. Okay, I'm going to do this. Mm. That space between the, the stimulus and the response, I can create that place of choice. When I'm in autopilot, it's instant. I don't have that space. I have to run immediately into that, you know, like this, this protective mechanism of survival. Can I ask a question? Just because yeah. mm. I'm reflecting on something today and this whole thing of survival is, is it, <laughs> because like you said, survival might be different for Briar than for me, yeah. you know, or for anyone. And I'll give you an example today, which then I was like, wow, this, so I have two young kids and I was doing some work that I'm doing this course on the mother wound. And so I was just doing it. And then all of a sudden my kids come and interrupt me. And already this is work that I've been resisting. I'm, ah, I don't need to do it. Ah, I'm busy. Oh, I'm, I don't know, whatever. And I was doing it and then they kept interrupting me and whatever. And then my stomach, I started feeling again like, <sighs> yeah. and I'm like, whoa, I'm getting mad at them that they're bothering me and not giving me that free time. And then I start going into, yeah, I don't have free time. I don't have my own space. I don't have a seat. I don't, I started creating all kinds, like my brain started going to very dark places all because I couldn't get alone time to do whatever it is that I wanted to do. <laughs> my nervous system really took it like, and I was like, wow, for something small like this, I think like, what, what is my brain? Is my brain really thinking that a bear is going to come and eat me? Yeah. You know? And, and funny thing in the, in that part of the course, it said, ask yourself, get used to asking yourself every day, these three questions a few times a day. And I can only remember one. What could you do for yourself right now? What feels right for yourself right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, I got so pissed at that question. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> and, and, I, and I just felt so like frazzled. Like my brain was like going places. Like, and I'm like, I don't know what feels. And I actually do know what feels right. At that moment, it was like, stop what you're doing. Yeah. And just chill the fuck out. Do nothing. No, no, no. My brain did not like do nothing. I kept trying to force myself to mm-hmm. sit there, even though I like... It's funny, there's the observer part of me that's watching this play. No, 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 uh, I want to do nothing. The right thing actually to do is just do nothing. It feels right to do nothing and just fuck it. You know, like you will get to it when you'll get to it. (gasps) That other part was like, no, you're going to sit down here and you're going to do it. And I was just in that battle. And then I was just, ah, I just couldn't take a, I I, I, I couldn't take a breath. And it's funny, I'm becoming more aware. I actually don't breathe. Like I hold my breath. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's another mechanism that somewhere we learned that if we do hold the breath, then this is going to protect us. Because if I take a mm. breath in and I open, then I could be very vulnerable to mm. anything coming in. And if I exhale out, that's the same thing for me. And so I'd rather just hold my breath, compress everything, tense up everything, and maybe there mm. I will have some um, protection. But if you do get Mm. into something like martial arts, for example, Mm. and you learn how to take a punch, Mm. and the first thing they say is, do not resist the punch. Mm. You take it, ground, take it down to the floor, so you really open Mm. yourself to to move it, and then you create that sense of fluidity to find Mm. how you're going to Mm. protect yourself, strike back, or whatever it is. And this is something that is a part of your day-to-day um, 
let's call it rewiring, rehabilitation mm -hmm. back into teaching your nervous system, relearning and teaching again your nervous system, the possibilities outside of that state, because it can get very, very, very comfortable in a very uncomfortable state. Because I was fucking like, I, I wanted to get out of it. I just felt, I don't know how, like, I felt like I needed an intervention from outside of me to take me out. I don't know how to explain that. It, it's super activating because I think we've been, we're living in a time where pain's been pathologized, right? Yeah. So in mental health, sadness and fear have been turned into pathologies mm -hmm. to be feared, to be avoided at all costs. Yeah. Everything's about feel goodism, you yes. know, in that way, or there's something wrong with me. So the fear comes in about the fear. Or the yeah. stress about the stress or the sadness about the sadness. So we, mm -hmm. we've got this kind of um, armoring up yep. to things we can't control mm -hmm. and this general rigidity, you know. So we, we work on like psychological flexibility as being, you know, the goal. Yeah. But then when you think about physically, you know, um, we, we see that armoring up like as a habit, right? Exactly. So people are holding this. I remember when... Um, a few years ago I was training on a mindfulness training for teachers in um, in England and the, the one of the guys on the training had been the guy that had brought meditation into the British Parliament mm -hmm. and he was talking about how he had been working with these kids this day and we were talking about this, we were talking about the bottom-up processes and how you can cue your nervous system and cue your emotional system exactly. and cue your mental system from your body. And that you need to develop those as habits. You know, you, most of the time we're safe in the world, you know, and that's reality. And so he was explaining this to these kids. And then this 13-year-old kid goes, oh, yeah, that's called Fofbok, sir. <laughs> and he's like, what? That's called what? And he goes, Fofbok, yeah, feet on floor, bum on chair. Right. And he's like, this kid had developed this habit of feet on floor, bum on chair, like just moving his consciousness, his attention there. Exactly. Wow. As a way to cue the nervous system, it's it's intuitive when you when you feel it. Like this is why meditation, you know, it's not a phys it's not a mental activity; it's a physical one for sure. You know, hundred um, percent. And you do yeah. get to train your physical body through beginning with yoga first to create that expansion to be able to sit there comfortably. Yeah, if you think about um, in Pantajali's Yoga Sutras, asana, which is what we think of as what yoga is, the yoga postures, which is just one branch of yoga, right? Yeah. Hatha yoga. But asana, which is the yoga positions, gets one sentence in the most ancient yogic text, which is um, the Yoga Sutras. And it is a study, a steady and comfortable position. Now, this is a very important thing, yeah. see, because... That's where we aim. Even, exactly. Mm. So... We need to have the full spectrum of emotions. It's very important. And this is, li this is life. This is the living experience to have the full spectrum of your emotions. The objective is, the learning is, how can I sit with it gently so that it does not disrupt my whole life? Mm. And when we come to learn that, let's say, for example, we were you were talking about this idea in the session where we say, so how are you feeling? Have you been feeling some anger lately when we were working on the liver, for example? And we go like, yes, I have been volcanic and I can't stop. And it's like, well, I mean, your liver is really compressed. Like it, it really needs to get some of that out it's a physical it's a physical relationship 
fear and anger and, and worry and happiness and joy and sadness and grief. And these are all emotions that also stimulate and they, they are responded in some of these organs in our body. And we see children, for example, and this is, a, this is an example that I really love giving all the time. And when they're afraid, they tend to pee themselves. And that's because it's a way of release. So the kidney holds fear. And, you know, the partner of the kidney is the bladder. And so when the kidney is overworked, it wants to release, to regulate the system. And it just mm -hmm. says, urine, move it. And this is what happens when we're really, really, really cold or we go from hot to cold. You will immediately want to urinate because it's going to adjust the temperature in your body. It's going to create that sense of harmony. And so immediately they need to, re to release that out. And then you see, oh, okay. Well, no wonder my cortisol levels are shot up when I'm in a consistent state of anxiety or fear or in a survival situation. My kidney responds to this. My adrenal glands sit right on top of my kidneys, those fight and flight. There, there is a big part that is related to the organs and then the nervous system and the other system, which is called fascia. And that's a web that is around the whole body. And it gets really triggered. And not a lot of people talk about what that means when I'm in a consistent position or after operation or after, you know, having done any injury and I haven't worked on my nervous system rehabilitating it again mm. and opening the whole system mm. when we have surgery when someone goes through surgery for example or through an injury and they go to a physiotherapist what happens is the physiotherapist will just work on that place most of them I mean some of them let's say but the idea is fascia is the whole body if one part gets hit everyone gets hit. And if I'm going to work on one part, I need to work. I need to address the rest. And it doesn't have to be in the same intensity. I just have to bring in some of that somewhere. And so it does become quite an integrated state, that unity of the mind, the body, the spirit. It really is this is the work to bring them in a place of unity. And you cannot bring that part of unity if you're just really focused on one aspect of it. Mm. Whereas my thinking head say, I am, I am so, you know, we're, we're such masters, like you said, with our thinking mind. We can really, I mean, master is not in the controlling part, but in the fantasy part how you can really dramatize a situation, how you can really fantasize or romanticize about something. And then when it comes to a real world, being in the present moment, you're either not there because you're in that fantasy or it's so disappointing because your whole nervous system has already responded to the idea in your head of what this could have been like. So I have been in this, in, you know, I'm in this relationship and I'm struggling so much with this person because they're not fulfilling that idea that I have in my head about how my life should look like with them. And I'm just struggling and struggling and struggling. And I'm not sure why I'm struggling. So, you know, 
every day he comes in and he brings me chocolate and I go like, خلاص يعني, I'm done. Stop kidding me, all of this chocolate, every single day, chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. And then tomorrow he stops getting me chocolate and I'm like, what's going on, man? You stop getting me chocolate. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Never happy. Yeah. yeah, and and it's not about that he stopped bringing the chocolate or the. Cho- mm-hmm. It's just about that I don't know how to honor myself. I don't know how to come into my body and give it what it needs, and not rely on someone outside of it to fulfill that part. And that will come with tuning into how does it feel in my body because this is a very authentic, real expression. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking about what you're saying because I've done a lot of work and d- tried different modalities, and I think I I realized only recently I've shit and I've done them only mentally. Exactly. And you know, um, in German new medicine, like I've struggled with acne also on and off for a long time, and it's a lot of it is that attack conflict, feeling attacked or attacking, or and I'm like, do I really attack? You know, and I. I had a coach and I was working and whatever, and, and it was good work. But only recently I started doing this, um, uh, it's these somatic exercises mm-hmm. I was telling you about, right? Mm-hmm. That, w- that work on releasing the hips, releasing the, every day you do an yeah. exercise, a sequence. And I mean, I journal, but that specific exercise, she was like journal, I don't know what, and it was very structured, which I like. And I, I really think I'm somewhat aware that exercise I don't know if it was the right time. The right, I realized, whoa, I really attack myself yeah. a lot. Like even on the mm. most trivial things, the first person I will go to is myself to attack. Mm. And I was like, uh, no wonder, uh, you know, like that was, and you know, for someone, again, I've been doing for a long time. It, it The signs were there. I just wasn't ready to look here. Exactly. And that's why I was like, wow, this work is, is the only work really I, i i think but it is fucking hard like for me I, i will pay someone to do it for me yeah but i know that the only person who can do it is me and it's mm. but it's hard it's just so easy to want to get out of the body and and find the answer outside and just someone save me and it's like no 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 i got you yeah well it's, it's so hard. trained like yeah. we're so trained to do that the minute as little kids we start to move away from that just acceptance of our reality and we start to um, be asked to manufacture stories and reasons, right? So we're, we're developing language. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so reinforced and so rewarded to live in your head in our world, right? Yeah. And, you know, you ask a little kid, you know, what's wrong? You know, why are you crying? And I'll go, because, <laughs> you know, it's a good answer. Yeah. But, you know, then as we... As we go on, you know, that's not a good enough answer. So the okay. child will adapt. And by the time we're adults, you know, we I often ask people this, you know, what are we? Are we thinking beings who feel or are we feeling beings who think? How interesting. <laughs> and a lot of people will say we're thinking beings who feel. Hmm. And they'll be sure that's right, especially if I'm at a corporate setting, right? Well, <laughs> um, say, well, think about birth. Yeah. We're born feeling, we're born sensate, we're born conscious, but we're not born thinking. We don't think until we get language. So we're feeling beings that think in a world set up as if we're thinking beings who yeah. feel. And it doesn't work. It's not working for us. Well, like our mental health, our health, like it's not working. So coming back to this primacy and dealing with the nervous system that has a, I think it's a five to one ratio, five times more likely to spot a threat than an opportunity yeah 
just because evolution, right? So how do you own that and love that and work with that? And that's what you're helping people to yeah, do. And yeah, and the biggest thing is to instill that idea of curiosity and wonder. And when you do that, something within your system just opens up to respond to that state of discovery. Mm. If you are a child and you just saw something new, everything is open. You want to put it in your mouth. Mm. You want to hear the sound. You know, you want to play with it. Your, your eyes are just, your whole body starts to get so excited. Your mm. eyes are open and, you know, you're you're really full of wonder. And so... And that's a really important thing that you have brought up because in sessions sometimes people would come in and they're like, oh, I'm so happy I'm on the table. I'm just going to sleep. And they go like, mm-mm, that's not <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> that's... Like massage. Okay, I'm going to lie down now. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And this that's, is serious. Yeah, and, and, and another thing is that you're also asked for a lot of the times to stay awake because your body needs to remember the difference. And that goes back to recall. And that's something that we have to um, train ourselves again into because mm -hmm. we don't do this often to recall and remember. And this is what the nervous system learns from memory. It collects information and then it stores that information as memory. And then from there, it acts in coming periods, right? And so it is really reconditioning your system when you come and work on someone and you're working on the leg and, you know, you're doing all of this work. And prior to that, you just say, how are you feeling? And they start to analyze as much as they can gently how they're feeling. Oh, I feel like, you know, the tightness here, the tightness there. And so they come into their body. And then you start doing the work into one side and say, okay, how does that feel now for you? And they go like, it feels good. What does good mean for you? Mm. Like, it's fine. Like, I feel good. Like, you know, I'm fine. I'm like, try to find the words. Is it elongated, expanded, shorter, longer, thicker? Is there movement? Is there non-movement? Mm -hmm. What are you noticing about your body's expression in that state? And we get a learning from there. And once it does, it will remember it. So then it knows the difference between what tension feels like and what softness feels like. And softness here doesn't mean like, you know, I'm that. It, it means that there is a place where I can sit gently with my system. And so we then, in the same, in the same you know, idea of it, is also an emotional state. If I'm going, let's say I'm coming to a session and I'm running really late and I start getting really, really anxious. And this is an experience. My body is feeling threat. If I am, I'm going to run late. If I'm late, they're going to think that I am, you know, unprofessional. And then if they think I'm unprofessional, then I, something in my belonging here is hindered, right? Mm -hmm. And so the possibilities of that become dire. I start creating this whole narrative and it just ups me up in my anxiety levels. And most people, what would happen with them is they just dismiss the bodily feeling that is accompanied with that. And they're just in that you know, tornado thought process. And in that space, you can just say, we all know how it feels. We all know how anxiety comes into your system, right? I can see it coming in. If I slow down, I will mm -hmm. see it coming in. If I just acknowledge it and say, oh, anxiety or anxiousness. Oh, I feel that. Mm -hmm. How do you feel it in your body? Mm -hmm. What is the sensation? 
Is my heart racing? Am I getting sweaty? Am I getting tense? Is my arms clenching? Is my jaw clenching? How is my eyesight? How is my breath? Is it fast? Is it slow? And then I say, I acknowledge that. I just note it. I don't judge it. I don't try to push it or shift it or anything. I'm just acknowledging it. And then I can ask myself, okay, so what is real now? Where am I? I'm in the car. I'm driving in that way. There are trees here. There are trees there. Hmm, where's my breath? Oh, it's here. Okay. And then I start to ask myself, well, I wonder how things are going to turn out today. You know, let's see. I mean, okay. I go about my day and then I recall. So how was it for you? Oh, it was okay. I survived. It was fine. They actually turned out to be late. They didn't notice. Oh yeah, they didn't like it, but it was okay. And you know, I mean, you recall. Mm. And if you keep on recalling somewhere, this is how your body actually or your nervous system becomes more agile. It starts to have a learning experience. Mm. You see people who are walking with shoes that are very uh, soft. You know, we're wearing sneakers and we're walking around in pillows all day. And then I ask you to go hiking, take your shoes off and hike. And you can't walk for a second yeah. with the ooze, ease, as all the time. Your feet are just so sensitive, it can't take anything. And someone else who's so used to it, they're just running next to you. And you think that, oh yeah, because their feet stopped feeling anything. Mm. Because they're so, you know, rigid from being in this surrounding. No, actually, it's because their feet got really intelligent. Mm. Yeah. Because it got to learn how to become agile and adapt to its surrounding. And so the way it's using the toes the way they're using their heels, the way they're stepping on things is in a way that will not harm them, actually. That's great. So what you first do is you, when you sense that anxiety coming, because you kind of know it, you know, what it looks like for you, you kind of name it in some you can, way. You can name it, and you kind can of, you, feel you, it. Yeah, so it's, yes. See, again, I go in the brain. Yeah, name it, like make it something. You know, it's, so you feel it. You're like, oh, what's this feeling? You get curious with it. Yeah. And then? And how is it feeling my body? And then you just body? acknowledge that. I'm have an experience of it, right? Yeah. You let yourself start to have these experiences to build the repertoire of what you can feel. Mm. Like I used to do this thing where I'd carry a rock around. Remember? I would carry a little rock. Like when you were was, younger, you mentioned. No, when I was younger, but no, this is in my adult life. Yeah. So if I was struggling with anxiety, you know, if I was getting into a fight, because it's very, it is very activating yeah. as a as a feeling, anxiety, and it keys into all that we've been taught about our functionality and, and how we should function and what we should have and what we shouldn't. And there's no such thing as unlearning, like we've mm. been exposed to things and so they show up. So what I would do to help ground me and keep me at the level of body and the level of let myself just have the experience is first of all started to use that language like not I'm anxious, yeah. but anxiety is here. Mm. So then it's a subject-object type mm. situation yeah. going on understanding paying attention to the body like you're saying but then I would carry like a little pebble and I go you know today I'm carrying anxiety around how interesting and it just helped physicalize for me keep me at the level of the body and then you, you start to see that all feeling comes in these waves that it's not the static state because it's not a concept if you live in it at the, at the level of concept you're just creating 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 but if you let it come and go, you start to ride. You know, it's like John Kabat-Zinn says, you know, you can't stop the waves but you can learn to surf. Exactly. You know, so it's that. And he also said, um, made me think when you were saying that, um, 
uh, we don't meditate, which is like this is moving meditation really. We don't meditate to feel better. We do it to get better at feeling. Exactly. Yeah. So that creation of sense of balance. Yeah, that intelligence you yes, said. exactly. Which we can do. I think of it like a dance, you know. We can get into that dance with these different things. But just like we have, you know, there's a term in psychology, alexithymia, where you um, struggle to put words on emotions. Yeah. There's kind of a body alexithymia that you're working with with people, like you said before, like how do you feel good? Well, what is good? Can we, can we, can we broaden the mm. vocab? Yeah. Because we know from alexithymia around emotions that when people develop a, brig, a bigger vocab for the, all the emotional possibilities, it gives a lot of confidence, it gives a lot of grounding, it gives a lot of um, ability, it enhances the ability yeah. to feel. So you must be seeing that with the body too. When someone can lie on your table and go, this lengthening there, tightening there, that feels, you know, rounded now and this feels deepened and that that's like we're getting into like a full palette like exactly and the good thing is or you know the most I'm, it's funny i'm saying it, the good thing the interesting thing is mm. that not one is better than the other yeah so if i'm feeling after both had been worked on one is shorter and one is longer it doesn't mean that the longer is better than the shorter mm. it's just that this is what it is for me right now and that goes to that dichotomous that split that Cartesian mind-body split yeah. is we think in dichotomies, good, bad, sick, well, happy, sad. Positive, negative. Positive, negative, night, day. Like and that's not that helpful when you're working with an actual human life. Exactly, when you're talking <laughs> yeah. about experience. And, you know, it even comes back even to pain because if I'm feeling pain, immediately I think this is a bad thing. Mm. I need it to, to get Tracked. over with right now. But pain... Is your body talking to you, trying to give you some information? And you just need to go and say, oh, hey, yeah, okay, I'm hearing you. How can I help you? What do you need from me? We are living in a life that is so dynamic from a mental state, but we're now even more pausing into that part of the body. We're sitting more, you know, we're, we're not really moving our bodies in that best way. We're on very, very comfortable chairs and you know we have these stops in the way our structure is and it's going to start to speak it needs to have a different um experience and so when something is inflamed or when there is a retention or where there's a constipation or where there's any pain it's not about that i fear it and try to just take the medicine because i don't want to feel it it's about how can we have a relationship and listen in a way where we can have a conversation and I give you things. I give you some herbs, I give you some of this, some of that, and it becomes a play, it becomes a dance. And we're just talking together, like, is that, happy? is that helping you? Maybe not this one, but maybe that one. Okay, let me see. And so everything then becomes an experience. Nothing is just, you know, bad or good. It's just, oh, I wonder how it's going to be if I try this. I wonder if it's going to be that huge implications if people if someone can do that if they can start to embrace that like for mental emotional relational health like and really taking back I guess power over our health from you know the outsourcing we do of that like yeah. you were saying before just tell me just tell me you know like and we we look at doctors not that I mean doctors are great but we give away our power yeah exactly and that's the problem work with them exactly. you know but don't give away that power and what Absolutely. you're you're describing that yes so they facilitate really well. they don't heal you they don't cure you 
they will they can help you know shed some light they can facilitate they can guide they can assist they can help unlock even yeah but they're not going to cure you they're not going to heal you that's your job yeah it's that trust that trust back with the body right that healthy relationship yes wow this has been so cool yeah yeah how can what's your focus where how can people find you how can they what what have you got coming up what do you i have these sessions done in uh in kiani center mm-hmm. here in dubai here yep. in dubai mm-hmm. and uh and also at the free spirit collective we mm-hmm. have these workshops that are yeah. done every now and again and in egypt of course um hopefully soon there's going to be you know, some online platforms that are going to be accessible for people where they can come and get that this information online. But it's good to come and experience a felt a felt um, sense to the Amazing. work. We'll so, put links to that in the show notes of this episode. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, no, just so something for people to take away because mm. I think this is an important one is like you were saying, when you're experiencing an emotion or, or of pain or like anxiety, something that you, you experience often, a person experiences often, get curious with it. Get curious with how it feels in the body, yeah. right? Like I, I think, you know, something for them to start maybe working on on their own a little you bit. You know, the first thing that I would say, because yeah. this is a whole world of possibilities. Yeah. The first thing I would say is just come to your breath. Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath. Understand that this is a learning process and you can bring in a sense of even visualizing that you're just slowing down a little bit, breathe. And then from there, there are all the different types of modalities that can come in. Yeah. But this is your savior. To breathe, to really, really, really integrate a quality breath. It's not just, you know. Take a long, deep breath and a full exhale. You're collecting life. You're collecting life force. And when you're exhaling, you're not you're not throwing it out. When you're exhaling, you're just really deepening it into the rest of your body. So there is a relationship with the breath that is deep in your system. Mm. Drink some water. These are These are two accessible tools that we have that we lack because we're in a state of hysteria or imbalance and they can just immediately balance us until we find uh, we until we find you know a medium to go to it being this body work it being with someone else it being whatever it is you know somatic and the last thing is actually activating the sensory system so the sensory system is just a direct link into our nervous system so just use them taste sight Feeling, touch, sound. I can listen to music. I can look at colors. I can, you know, stroke clothes and textures. These are accessible things that can regulate the nervous system just simply. Mm-hmm. And then you do the work. It's really powerful. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you. This great. was great. Thank you so much. So, so excited. I'm and so excited. Thanks, guys, for listening in. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Please hit us up if you have any questions, suggestions. We'd love to hear from you. See you soon.